one time. Yeah. Yeah. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage. One uh, welcome one to the time is now. I am your host, Mike Stafford. It is Wednesday, July the 5th. Yeah. All right, let's get it. We have football training camp upon us. We got a WNBA All-Star game upon us. Baseball, et cetera, et cetera. But who cares? We got all this NBA offseason action. Where's Dame going? Where's James Harden going? And all the other acquisitions that happened. And, of course, we're going to talk about my Lakers. And then I'm going to give you guys my early, my early NBA championship picks. So sit back, relax, and we'll see you on the other side. This grown hood rats don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sit from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chaser, street sweepers and coppers. Kids with no conscience, leaving victims from doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, with doubt, this is what Nas is about. The time is now. All I need is one mic. Welcome back, everybody, to the time is now. I appreciate y'all rocking with me. Um, we, you know, we started a later date because you guys had the holiday, and I know you ain't gonna be listening. Uh, you guys are too busy stuffing your face for this uh, this day, the fourth. So I'm like, all right, give y'all another day to breathe. All right, let, let y'all let y'all guzzle down your hot dogs and your and your chicken and all that stuff. Go ahead and get all fat. Well, I don't you know, I didn't. I don't celebrate the day, okay? I don't even celebrate that day, man. I was doing God's work. <laughs> Anyways, man, I'm back in the building, the place to be. So what else am I going to talk about? I'm supposed to have my boys on. We're supposed to go on Twitter spaces and bring people on to talk. They ain't ready to do that. They got too much stuff going on. I'm going to have um, Tone and AC, but they're busy. So I came on here solo bolo to give you all that good stuff. So we're going to keep it short today. We're not going to talk too much of the NFL. I'm going to bring Tony and AC on. AC played in the NFL, and Tone is a big-time football guy. Y'all know this. You know my expertise is basketball, all right? My expertise is basketball. That's what we're going to focus on. We're not even going to talk about the WNBA, who have their All-Star game coming up, and I plan on being there for July 14th, 15th. Right now, we have some different acquisitions. Some movement happens. Since the last time we was on, it was right before all that was going to take place. So movement has happened. We're going to start right here in the Pacific Northwest. Portland. When they drafted Scoop, when they drafted Scoop, I said, actually, when, when Brandon Miller went to Charlotte, which was a good fit for him to play along LaMelo Ball, a lot of people say they should pick the best player, like how Portland back in the day should have drafted Michael Jordan because they already had Clyde Jackson. They didn't get him. They went and got Sam Bowie. They said, we need a bid. Now, I don't think Brandon Miller's going to be like Sam Bowie, but you see where I'm going with this. They should have drafted Scoop, but I'm actually a, a ball fan. Now, he's coming off an injury. They just extended him to show you how much they believed in him. He got a five-year 260. This dude's about to make $50 million a season. That is ridiculous. But I'm all for it. I'm all for it, young man. Get your money. And Lonzo Ball, unfortunately, just a quick little aside since we're talking about the ball boys. Lonzo Ball may have a catastrophic um, career-ending injury. 
they have some sort of insurance policy that gave the team back over $10 million of compensation because of the fact he will not play next season. And um, I believe he only have um, two more years left on his contract after that. Correct. Yeah. So he'll have to have about two more years left in his contract after, after this season, actually, I think he has one more year left in his contract. So, which means if he doesn't show any signs of coming back or progress, they'll just buy him out. And pretty much that will be the end of his career. Unfortunately, I'm hoping he can make a comeback like um, Levinson did, but this is a totally different injury, totally different situation. I feel bad because he's so young and he's not showing a lot of mobility in that knee, having a hard time going up and down his steps at his tender age in his early mid-20s at this point. Get better, young man. All right, so back to Portland. When they made that acquisition, when they made that, that, that draft of Scoot Henderson, it was well known that... Your boy was gone. Number zero, Dame Dollar. Big shot maker. Waving off OKC to send them out of the playoffs and blew up that team because Westbrook went to Houston and Paul George went to the Clippers after that. Dame is that guy. But I keep saying he is not good enough to lead a team. He's not. He needs another. He needs someone else in number one. So now he's trying to go to Miami. He sees like, man, look how great Miami is. And what they're doing is so little. I need dogs like that. I don't think Dame's about that action. I want him to go there so he can see it's not that easy. The way I know he trains, but they train different. Pat Riley ain't going to play with you. And for him to go, they're going to lose some pieces now. They went to the finals without Tyler Hero. He's going to be one of the pieces that's going to be moved, but Portland doesn't need that piece. They already have someone at that position. So they're good there. They got Anthony Simons and then they, they got um, um, Sheldon and all these other guys. They don't need any of those players. They might, they'll take Duncan Robinson because he's a dead eye shooter. Then they come off the bench and he's going to light you up. They'll take that. But I keep saying the best package is Philly. See, people keep making it, get the false assumption that, that Portland owes Dame. They owe him nothing. They're going to thank him, but they, the they, way they thanked him, they made him one of the highest paid players in the league. They didn't have to do that. They did it because they knew they can't get anybody in free agency like that. So now they're able to draft another generational talent and Scoot. Scoot's going to be what they project to be the next Westbrook, the next John Morant, the next uh, 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 Rose, Derrick Rose. These guys, two of those guys have won MVP. John Morant, if he didn't have all these off-the-court issues, is right in the line to be the next coming since Zion's falling off. So you talking about I could get a player like that who's played he's played pro ball for the last two years. He's only 19. Like LaMelo played two years of pro ball when he came into the league at the age of 19. So this guy's projected to be probably the rookie of the year over Wimbayama. Even though Wimbayama's going to be the next level talent, Scoot Henderson can very well be the rookie of the year. It's going to be between him, Chet Holmgren, who didn't play last season, and Wimbayama. So you're talking about I got three guys, because even though Brad Miller's that dog, he has zero chance of being um, 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 a rookie of the year. Not playing next to LaMelo and all this stuff. He's not going to get the stats. But Scoot's going to be that guy over there. Him and Aphrodite Simon's going to do damage. When Bayama's going to do a lot of damage, too, because of his offense and defense, he might have it. But Scoot has a chance of being rookie of the year. So you got to go through him. You just have to do it. So the thing is, is that Portland doesn't have to send him to Miami. They don't. Miami doesn't have a good package. They don't have enough assets. They don't have enough to even make it work. You have to take on a lot of bad contracts and a lot of players you can't use. You got to move them somewhere else. So you need a third team just to make it work. Who's the third team going to be is the question. Who's willing to help Pat Riley get another ring? That's the question. 
I hear Clippers being in the mix of all that. Just to decide who wants to go to the Clippers, James Harden from Philly. But what does, in order for that deal to go down, they have to get rid of Tyrese Maxey. And, 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 and I don't know if that's going to work. Actually, I take that back. I'm going in the wrong direction. In order for that deal to work, Philly's going to want Paul George. And I don't know if L.A. wants to get rid of Paul George. That's the issue there. But if I'm Philly, I might make that deal. And I'll tell you why. Going back to Portland and back to Miami. No, I'm sorry. Going back to Portland, leave Miami out of it. I'm all over the place, people. Follow me, okay? All right. Don't laugh. <laughs> I didn't barbecue. I've been working all day, taking care of this dog who's in heat. Listen, man, I've been going through it. Damn. Anyways, back to it. The best package I see for Dame is to go to Philly. Philly has the best package. The person needs to go is Tobias Harris. That's an easy deal. The problem that might hold up that deal is Tyrese Maxey. That's who Portland's going to want back. I'm like, you guys have players in that position already. Don't stunt the growth of your young players. Get Tobias Harris on the last year of that deal. Kind of shore up the roster, making some veteran presence. Um, a proven winner who who's not being was not being utilized properly. He's an underrated 3 and D player. He's efficient. He's effective. He plays defense in the wing. Tobias Harris be an excellent fit in Portland and would keep him in contention to be in a top 10 seed and try for a play-in next season. You don't have to have Tyrese Maxey in that deal. Tobias Harris makes enough on there to do that and you and the, that cap falls off or you might think about bringing him back to help bolster that roster moving forward. You can get a lot of draft capital from them. So future picks down in 2030, but you can get some draft capital for, for them. There's other players on that on that bench you can acquire as well. You can get Tobias and another player and make that work. Totally can happen. And I think that's the better fit. So now if you're working with Philly to mix it all up to get some more players, get some more fit, the third team included in that could be the Clippers. So you can get some draft capital. Actually, they don't have any draft capital. That's the problem with the Clippers. But now you can send Harden to, to the Clippers, send Tobias to Portland, send Dane to Philly. Those are your three main horses, right? And then you can also send Paul George now to Philly. So now Philly gets Dame and Paul George. They lose Harden and Tobias Harris. Are they not better? Philly becomes strong contenders, and everybody gets what they want. And you still don't have to give up Tyrese Maxey to do this. You can gut your bench. That's fine. That's fine. You don't have to give a lot of draft picks either. The only ones going to get draft picks back in this because they're getting the short end of the stick, if you will, will be Portland. They're going to require draft picks from from the Clippers, which will be far down, even if it's second-round picks. But they're going to get as many draft picks as they can from the Clippers. They can get as many draft picks as they can from Philly, and it all works. Tyrese Maxey gets to stay with Philly. And yes, and yes, the Clippers had to get rid of Paul George to do it, but you got, you were able to keep Westbrook. Kawhi can't be tradable because of his injuries, but Paul George has to go for all to fit. Without Paul George, the deal doesn't work. They don't have enough assets. And maybe, they have, and they, they also get to keep Terrence Mann with the with the Clippers. Terrence Mann gets to stay. So, Philly doesn't use, lose Maxey. Clippers don't lose Terrence Mann. And everybody in Portland stays except for Dane. They don't lose any players. They just get a bunch of draft capital and Tobias Harris, and they're good to go. Maybe throw a couple of players in there to make the numbers fit, and they're good there. So 
That's my proposal. That three-team trade and Miami loses out because they don't have the assets to make it work. Someone needs to do them a favor just for them to even get anything close. But Harden wants to leave Philly and Dame wants to leave Portland. Dame talking about Brooklyn or San Antonio. I don't know where San Antonio came from. Maybe he thinks he could win with Wimbayama, but he can't win in the West Coast. It's already proven. And Wimbayama's not ready to win yet. If you wanted to play with a rookie, you would have stayed with Scoop. Now, y'all play the same position. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know. Now, is Scoop going to get the, the single zero back again? I don't know, because they might consider retiring Dame's number. We have to see how that goes. Moving forward, there was other acquisitions made. There was um, Boston getting Kristaps Porzingis. That was a good one. But then the Wizards, who I thought were going to gut their roster, they re-signed Kuz for over $100 million, 102, I believe, for like four years, getting paid. My guy. But now Boston gets Kristaps Porzingis, but then they lose Marcus Smart. They send him to Memphis. So Memphis losing Dylan Brooks, who got paid four years, $80 million. Now, I know you have to spend that money. Um, I know you have to spend that money, Houston. But damn, giving him $20 million a season? Damn, damn, damn. That's a crazy <laughs> one. Got to pay that man $20 million a season, $80 million. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. Lord of mercy. That's a lot of money. But Houston got that and Fred Van Vliet for 134 years. Good Lord. Uh, three years, 130. Good Lord, that's a lot of money. <laughs> So they burned a lot of money, but they had to. And I understand it. So give some veteran leadership on that squad. Let's see what happens with under Ime Doka. Going back to Boston and Memphis. Memphis picking up Marcus Smart is huge for them. I thought they were going to fall out of the top three. But picking Marcus Smart is a leap. To lose Dylan, pick up Marcus Smart and keeping Desmond Bain, that's huge. Still have Jaron Jackson. You're not going to have um, 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 your boy, John Moran for the first 25 games of the season, that can still bolster well for them. But guess what? He's going to be healthy the second half of the season. So all that works in their favor. Marcus Smart can shore up that offense. They have proven that they can win well without Ja. The problem is they lost their backup um, point guard, who's one of the best assistant turnover ratios coming off the bench. So that could hurt them. So we'll have to see what that loss could do because they were playing well without Ja because of him, right? The way he was playing efficiently, offensively. So we have to see what goes on there. Now with Boston, with Chris Stapps, you have Tatum, Brown, and Chris Stapps. We have to see how that works. I don't think that they were able to retain or bring back um, Al Horford. And I think Chris Stapps is taking that role. They still have the Time Lords, so now they're much longer because Chris Stapps, I believe, is 7'3 and long. And he can shoot the three probably better than Al Horford. So he's better defensively. He's a better, he is a lob threat, and he can shoot the three. So playing on a team as the third option, to have Chris Stapp as the original unicorn, looked at as the third option, it's huge. Got to watch out for Boston. Now, the Bucks brought back Brooke Lopez, brought back Middleton a little cheaper than before. They kept their core together. But did they do enough? You got to see. They did pick up, um, not Lonnie Walker, they picked up our other guy. They picked up Malik Beasley. The Lakers let him go. Got him for the cheap. So hopefully he can be that that shooter that he was before he came to the Lakers, because he came to the Lakers, he was Basuda. Ow! So he's gone. They picked him up as well. So when we look at teams, we go back to the West again. The Warriors, there's no more pool parties, but they picked up a god and, and a point guard at Chris Paul, Chris Paul. So they needed size. 
And now that Bowl Bowl's been released from Portland, I, I'm sorry, from Orlando, I think it'd be a natural fit there. But all in the waiver wire, all you need is a team that was worse for you to pick them up. So Houston can grab them. Um, Minnesota could grab them. The Lakers could grab them because they need another big. So we got to see if all those other teams don't claim him on waivers, if, if, if Golden State could get him, they would desperately need a player like that because not only is he tall and rangy, he can still shoot. So he can work well in their offense. We have to wait and see what happens there. Also, speaking of my Lakers, well, you know, we'll, we'll save that for the next segment. I'm just going to go ham on the Lakers in the next segment. So let's just focus here on the rest of the West. The Suns have a big three. They picked up a lot of players. I actually had them all lined up, but it's, not, it's neither here nor there. Um, they picked up a lot of players. There's like nine players of the players they have, one being um, their trade pick for Bradley Bill. Of course, you have KG, KD, and you have um, Light Skin Boy. What's his name? Come on, don't laugh at me. People. <laughs> now, I was going to say Dylan Brooks. What's this guy's name? Oh my God. He's the one dating one of the Kardashians, the one of the Jenners, whatever. Y'all know his name. I can't remember his name right now. For some reason, I went blank. For some reason, my mind is thinking of Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks. So I think, you know, you know, hey. But <laughs> I really can't remember. The, the guy who thinks he's Kobe Bryant, they say the next coming of Kobe Bryant, him. Y'all know who he is. I'll remember eventually. I'm not even going to look it up. That's why I need a producer can start feeding me this information. We'll get there. We'll get there. So anyways, anybody wants to volunteer, go ahead and send us an email at the time is now um, at gmail.com. Hit me up on the time is now at gmail.com. Let me know if you want to be a producer for this show. Go ahead and send me an email. Anyways, um, I'm sorry. Oh, the email is the time is now podcast. Sorry. The time is now podcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send me some information. Let me know if you're willing to be a producer for the show. We'll go ahead and do that. You get some credits maybe at college or something for uh, volunteering your time. All right. So um, anyways, that team, that nucleus can shoot the ball very well. And you acquire other players. So you have nine players on your team, including the campaign who have, who's there last season. Nine players on the team. They, I believe they picked up Eric Gordon as well. That all shot over 35% from three last season. That is actually right above league average. So you have nine players who shoot the three above league average. And you still have DeAndre Ayton, who's one of the top big men in the league. I don't care what you say. I don't care how you feel. He can do it all. He can shoot. And the post mid game, um, he plays decent defense, does great pick and rolls, great screens. All right, he's he's a some so so rim defender at his range and his height. Remember, he was like the number one, number two pick of the draft. Come on, DeAndre Eight ain't no slouch. He ain't no slouch. Let's not do that. So under Vogel, DeAndre Eight is going to take the biggest leap. And they might even start working the offense through him at certain times, especially with the second unit. So now having this team, this nucleus, they are going to be dangerous. I don't care what you say. That's a regular season team all day. All that shooting power that catch you on nights of a back-to-back, they catch because during the regular season, you don't get a lot of practicing in. It's 82-game season. The games go by quick. You will use up having 10 to 12 back-to-back games a season. So any given night, someone's not playing, someone's injured. This team's going to come in like a buzzsaw because they have three guys who are elite scorers. All you need is two a night. Two a night, and they're going to – Two of these guys at night going to kill you. So that team, I look for them to probably win easily over 55 games. Maybe 60 this season. Because they're going to be that elite as a regular season team. Now, Vogel's proven he's a good postseason coach as well. So I'm not going to poo-poo them and say they're not going to be dangerous. They're going to be dangerous. Anytime you have three all-stars on your team, you're going to be dangerous. 
So let the wait what happens there. It is bothering me that I, I I don't have this brother's name. I'm now now I actually want to look him up because it's really starting to bother me. Because um, I don't know why I have all these other guys' names on there. Um, let me see if I can pull them up. Devin Booker, my goodness. Whew. So yeah, KD, Devin Booker, and um, Bill Bradley Bill. All right. So there'll be a, a a pretty decent team to go up against. We have to wait and see what happens there. Um, not a lot of movement. I know Indiana picked up some pieces. Tyrese Halliburton got paid, making like $42 million a season. Whew. Everybody's getting paid. My goodness. So you have all those guys getting their money, but it seems like the top is still top heavy. Atlanta's still in purgatory. I don't know what they're going to really do. Um, they let Collins go, so I don't feel like they're getting better. They're, they're really cap-struck right now with that new CBA coming out. They're similar to the Clippers, that the Clippers have better players. So there's that. And a better coach. So there's that as well. So um, hard for those teams to maneuver. They're so cap-struck. And it looks like Paul George and Kawhi are looking for extensions, which is why Paul, I still believe Paul George will be in the move. If they can acquire Harden and having Harden and Russ here, um, I think they're willing to move Paul George to do that. We'll have to wait and see, but Harden definitely doesn't want to be back in Philly, and as it looks right now, he's going to end up back in Philly because there's not a lot of suitors out there for him. <laughs> so that went around the bend. So what we're going to do right now, we touched all those other teams. We're going to touch on the team I believe had the best offseason so far, and that's my Los Angeles Lakers. But we're going to take a short break. When we come back, We'll touch on the Los Angeles Lakers. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. It's a happy birthday, so let's go. We got Kanye to the Yeezy. He turned 26 this past month. Faith Evans turned 50. And Udonis has UD turned 43. Maria Menounos turned 45 this past month. Bill Burr, comedian. Bill Burr turned 55. The Professor. The professor turned 39. Johnny Depp, Edward Sister Hands himself. Johnny Depp turned 60. Thames. Thames, she turned 28. Joe Montana turned 63. Michael J. Fox, back to the future he is, turned 62. Dr. Oz turned 63. And Sexual Chocolate, Mark Henry from the WWE, turned 52. He's actually AEW now, my bad. He turned 52. The gymnast, Lori Hernandez, she turned 23. And Lil Duval, Lil Duval turned 46. 
Bryce James. That's LeBron James' youngest son. Bryce James turned 16. Um, Mac Whitman. Mac Whitman from Good Girls. She, Mae Whitman, I'm sorry. She turned 35. Raz B from B2K. He turned 38. R.J. Barrett turned 23. Tamla Mann. Uh, that's Tamla Mann from those skits from um, Tyler Perry and the Gospel Singer. Tamla Mann, she turned 57. Steve-O from Jackass turned 49. Um, but Bailey, Bailey for the WWE, she turned 34. T.D. Jakes turned 66. And Sasha Obama turned 22. Tim Allen turned 70. Luke James turned 39. Cooper Cup turned 30. Venus Williams turned 43. Shia LaBeouf turned 37. And Gunna, Gunna, the rapper Gunna turned 30. Donald Trump, Donald Trump turned 77. And Hugh Laurie, Hugh Laurie turned 64. Peter Dinklage. Peter Dinklage turned 54. The boy George turned 62. Jordan Poole turned 24. And Paula Abdul turned 61. Justin Jefferson turned 24. McElroy turned 40. Joshua Jackson. Joshua Jackson turned 45. And Ice Cube turned 54. Jacob DeGrom turned 35. And Northwest. Northwest, she turned 10. Chris Evans turns 42. MC Rand turned 54. Dirk Nowitzki turned 45. Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen turned 37, and Amari Cooper turned 29. Courtney Cox turned 59, and Kendrick Lamar turned 36. Neil Patrick Harris turned 50. Barry Manilow turned 80. Bryce Gonzalez. Bryce Gonzalez just did a um, his father passed away. He just did the, the movie Flaming Hot. The young actor in there, Bryce Gonzalez, turned seven. Blake Shelton turned 47. Chris Pratt turned 44. Leo Rumini, she's from the King of Queens. She turned 53, and Paul McCartney turned 81. Cristiano Ronaldo Jr. turned 13 and OT Genesis Super Group turned 36. Uh, Deja Harris, that is T.I.'s daughter, middle child, she turned 22. And Jimmy Allen, that's the country singer, Jimmy Allen turned 38. Prince William turned 41. Zoe Saldana turned 45. Wow, she didn't know. Uh, Felicia Rashad, we all know who Felicia Rashad is, she turned 75. Juicy Smoley, Jesse Smollett turned 40. Um, Lionel Richie turned 74. John Goodman turned 71. And Sage the Gemini, like a red bull, like a red nose, 31. He turned 31. Soraya turned 28. And Tika Sumner, she turned 43. Kiki Shirt, she turned 36. We have some honorable mentions. Joan Rivers passed away back in 2014. Would have been 90 this past month. Barbara Bush, former first lady. Passed away 2018, would have been 98 this past month. George Bush, her husband, former president, passed away 2015, would have been 99 this past month. Jerry Stiller, Ben Stiller's father, known for um, so many so many different roles. I believe he was actually one of the fathers on Kings and Queens. Passed away 2020, would have been 96 this past month. Judy Garland, passed away back in 1969, would have been 101 this past month. Uh, Gene Wilder passed away 2016, would have been 90. The Ultimate Warrior passed away 2014, just after getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, would have been 64. Takeoff from Migos, just tragically killed last year, 2022, would have been 29. And finally, Tupac Shakur, tragically killed in the streets of Las Vegas. Back in 1996, as I was just joining the JV team in high school, on my way catching a bus home, he passed away. Would have been 52 
this past month. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to the show. All right, y'all, welcome back, man. We have to go ahead and make this finish, finish this off for today. And we're going to go where I said we was going to go. We're going to go to my Lakers. My Lakers doing the big things out here, people. What did they do? What did they do? They brought back Rui Hachimura. That's what. They brought him back for four years, like $51 million or something like that. No, I'm sorry. Three years, $51 million. Getting that paper, $52 million. What else did they do? They brought back D'Angelo Russell for two years, $37 million. When that brother wanted, what? What did he want? He wanted $40 billion per? This brother wanted like $40 billion. He wanted to be maxed out. He said, I need $160. No, my brother. Not the way you played in the playoffs. He played. Teams with contention, they don't want to do that. And they're not going to overpay you. Like Fred Van Vliet, let's put it like this. Fred Van Vliet got paid more than Kyrie Irving. And you're trying to be in the same echelon with them. Current All-Stars. Now, you were one. Someone got injured. You got in. But this is a prove-me contract. This is a one-in-one. It's pretty much a, it's a contract year for you. So if the Lakers win a championship, so your motivation should be championship. You help them win a championship, not fold. You help them win a championship, you'll get your money. Will it be 40? Maybe not. Maybe 35 per. Maybe 35 for it. You, you might get a, a, a three-year, like 115, 120 from somebody. Hey, it can happen. I've seen stranger things happen. So like a three-year 115, totally get that, man. Win that championship, you'll get that championship money. Lakers also opted in and got Vando back. Get his final year out of there. Lakers actually got rid of. Oh, and, and they actually got rid of Schroeder, which I called that. A lot of y'all like Dennis Schroeder. That's okay. He's not a bad player. He's just a bad fit for this team, man. He's, he's not the most heady player. He's not the most intelligent player. And in the playoffs, he played very good defense, but he's just too small. Six foot one point guard who, could, who can't shoot very well. I, 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 and then doesn't make good decisions with the ball. He's very ISO player. I want to get to the racket, and he'll do that. But with this team, you need you, you need to make the players around you better, which is why we got the upgrade at that backup point guard role that gave Vincent. And gave Vincent, he actually started a lot of games when Tyler Hero went down. He started a lot of games, had Kyle Lowry coming off the bench, which is similar to what Dennis Schroeder did. They had Westbrook come off the bench, and Schroeder started. So Gabe Vincent can do that as well, except he's a better spot-up shooter. So he helps space the floor for one like LeBron. He can create off the dribble and shoot the jumper. Schroeder just had layup packages. Schroeder just simply had the game going to the basket. A lot of times he would turn his back to AD when AD was wide open and come back into that little hezzy move. He was all about self. When he We would cheer when Dennis Schroeder could get the ball to AD. Like, oh, look at that. He did it. Like, that shouldn't be the case. This should happen every time. We need more of a Rondo type of player, less of a Dennis Schroeder. So I'm glad we have Gabe Vincent, who can actually shoot the ball better than Rajon Rondo. So, Lakers actually able to finally shore up getting a backup center who can actually rim defend and is also a lob threat in Jackson Hayes. 
They got Jackson Hayes. They got him for the cheap. That's what that's the theme here. To acquire all these assets for the cheap. Gabe Vincent came for three year 33. That's 11 a season. That's good money. Now that's more money we paid our backup last season in in uh Schroeder, who's making 2.6. But this guy's worth it. And they cut corners other places to do that. Because last season, like I stated before, DeAndre Russell was making almost 31 million. So now he's making 18. I can dig it. So that's that's a what? $12 million difference, 13, almost $13 million difference. I think we can afford that. So that looks really, really good. All right. So we got Jackson Haynes. Lob thread came from New Orleans. Good player. Bo Bamba's gone. Um, we also got Torian Prince. And in doing so, um, we got Torian Prince. And they got Troy Brown, which when I say they, Minnesota. So it's like we traded the players. So I would take that. Troy Brown's a, a decent player, but Torian Prince is a better defender and is a better shooter. I'll take Torian Prince. And for four, four, four and a half million for one year, I like that contract. I like that deal a lot. We also got Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish is a good up-and-coming player. Um, has a lot of good flashes, just not consistent, which makes him a role player. But a really good young role player with a lot of athleticism. Six, seven. Um, wing, so that's another wing we was able to acquire. Very excited about our wing depth so far. Um, what other? I'm going off the top of the head, people. Um, other players they acquired. Um, really trying to think. Let's talk. Gabe Vincent. We got. You know, oh, of course. <laughs> How can I forget about Austin Reeves? Austin Reeves coming back. And people were like, you guys can't keep him. The market's $100 million, $99 million. You're not going to offer him $25 million a season. Y'all don't understand, baby. First of all, he's restricted. And then also telling everyone around the league that they're going to match any offer, which means whatever offer you offer him, Lakers have 24 hours to match, which means it's tying up your money for 24 hours where you cannot go and make other acquisitions that could fit that role of $25 million. Are you really willing to go ahead and overpay, if you will, for this player and tie up $25 million because it's an offer sheet? Because you can't offer it and then go ahead and renege on it because you offer, you can't do that. So by doing that with a restricted agent, you're saying, I'm willing to tie up this money. Lakers already said they're going to match it, so you're tying it up for nothing if you think about it. So you can do that poison pill, but all you're going to do is poison yourself in, in, in return. So by doing that, Lakers did a preemptive poison pill. They said, we're going to put a poison pill saying that you guys can do that if you want to. We're going to match it. And by doing so, Lakers were really negotiating against themselves with his agent and Austin Reeves' agent. So they knew that the Lakers' max offer would be four-year 54. The max offer he could receive out in the market was four-year 99. That's a $45 million difference. Yeah, follow me. That's a lot of money. That's over $12 million. That's like $12 million or so a year difference. Now, this is how it breaks down. Now, the thing that saves the Lakers because of the Gilbert Arenas rule, where it allows you to have your restricted free agent that, you, that was, that was uh, it now has nothing to do with undrafted, but that you have your restricted free agent in order for you to retain him for max money. game started playing again i had to pause back too far i'm over here watching rocky three people i apologize and i want to pause it because i'm watching the fight with clubber lane versus rocky i really want to get into it so let me hurry and get this over so i can watch it because now i can only pause it for an hour i've had it pause for too long all right back to this <laughs> with the gilbert arenas rule it allows you to backload your money towards the end a certain percentage so if it was 99 million 
in the first two years, the Lakers only have to pay him about 25 of that 99. And then the rest of it backloaded for 36, 37 million each year. Now that would have screwed the Lakers later, but they could always try to renegotiate the contract by extending him in that third season. So no matter what, Lakers are gonna be good. They said, no matter what, we're gonna pay you no more than $12 million next season or 11.8, whatever it is. And we could backload it, or we could just give you this contract the way it is right now. And they were able to do that. So they're not paying him crazy money for that 54. They end up giving him 56 million for four years, two more millions uh, more than what the max was. So they were able to give him good money for that. So we got all those different pieces back around AD and LeBron. You still have Rui, you still have Vando, so forth. Now, the way my depth chart works out, I'm thinking about what's the best balance for the team. My starting lineup is LeBron James, Anthony Davis, that's your four and five. Your three will either have Vando or Torian Prince. I say Torian Prince. A lot of people say oh, it should be Rui Hachimura. I mean, they say like, you're paying him 17 million a season. You want to have Rui start. I said, that's not how that works. Not necessarily. You have players like Tyler Hero. You had Manu Ginobili back in the days. You had a lot of different teams where a player, we just had Westbrook come off the bench last year. He was making like 47 million. So it's not about how much you get paid, it's how you're gonna start. If you start Rui and LeBron and AD together, it doesn't have balance of scoring coming off your bench. You're gonna be very top heavy, that's one. Number two, that's gonna hurt the numbers of Rui Hachimura. He's making all this money, you want him to be your sixth man. He's gonna be the sub for AD and LeBron. He's gonna sub for both of them, you follow me? So he's gonna be sub for both of those players as a rotation player getting over 30 minutes because he's making that money now. So I say start Torian Prince, even though he's making four and a half million, but he's gonna be able to stretch the floor for LeBron. He'll be hitting those corner threes when LeBron wants to drive and kick. You follow. Or even when DeAndre Russell wants to drive. DeAndre Russell will be trying to do the lob there to AD or score on his own. Austin Reeves gonna do his thing. He's gonna be in his bag as well, gonna set up LeBron. Him and LeBron play off well against each other. So that's how that's gonna work. And I, I wanna see how D-Lo, D-Lo played with Torian Prince before too. So it's be good to have the familiarity in the starting lineup. So D'Lo and Torian Prince out there, they play with each other in Minnesota. I see that working well. I think they should start together and get some action going there. So D'Lo driving, kicking. You have Osiris at the top. You have um, um, uh, LeBron in one corner, Torian Prince in the other corner, and AD in the lob spot. I think that'd be a great way to start and have Rui, Bando, Jackson Hayes, and Gabe Vincent off the bench. My goodness. That's a hell of a backup bench because now you have some rim defense back, back there. You still got defense with Vanda who can guard every position on the floor besides the five. You got Rui can score on anybody's midi game is lethal. And we already saw what his three-point game looks like as well. So he's gonna be giving you about 20 points a night coming off the bench. So you have 20 points coming off the bench with Rui Hachimura. He's gonna give you at least 20 points. He's gonna give you 26 rebounds, maybe two assists a game. That's gonna be his numbers, about 20, 19 to 21. That's gonna be Rui's numbers. Off the bench, Gabe Vince is going to give you about 12 off the bench, shooting efficiently from three, about 35% for the season. That's, this is what I'm guessing is going to happen. And Banner's going to lock everybody down, let you start your offense going. He's going to get steals. He's going to get turnovers in other teams. Because we have pushed the fast break and score. Rui's going to score in transition. Gabe's going to hit threes in transition. It's going to be something to see. I cannot wait to see it. I'm more excited. I haven't been this excited for a season for the Lakers probably since 2020. I knew that that team had a chance to win, but I had no evidence of that. 
the Lakers weren't showing much of anything. It was only AD's, what, second year? It was LeBron. Uh, yeah. No. It was AD's first real season here. Right. And it, was, it was LeBron's second. So I didn't know really what to expect. But you guys have to remember this. They just put this team together. Rui came right before the trade deadline. The rest of the players came afterward. They just put this team together mid-season. And they were the best team record-wise since then in the West. They went all the way to the Western Conference Finals. Yes, they got swept, but they were in every game. If it, it was due to a lot of ham coaching errors, rookie coaching mistakes, um, D'Lo not being efficient late, um, not being playable really, and then Vando not being able to shoot that corner three well enough. If Vando works on his shot, now we have Torian Prince. We didn't have that before. You know, we had Troy Brown and Malik Beasley who could not, we, we couldn't even depend on them to be on the court. So now we have those players. We got the Cam Reddishes. Players who can play defense, Vando. You have Torian Prince, Vando, uh, uh, um, and Cam Reddish, wing defenders who can score. Cam Reddish can cut to the basket, do all kinds of crazy stuff. It's going to be a great season. It's going to be great because now the regular season, Lakers are going to have such a good record because now they have so much depth of playable young players, players you can play in the future as well, that when LeBron misses 20 games or 25 games and AD misses his 15, 20 games, you got players who could go out there and play. And Lakers are going to pick up another big. I think it's going to be Tristan Thompson. They might pick him up late, let him rest throughout the season, pick him up late in the season so that way he's good for the playoffs. You could go against your other bigs. You could go against your MBs. You could go against your Jokic's. You could go against your Aitons. Because that's what we, that's where we don't want Jackson Hayes or AD to play against. We want a big, hefty big like Tristan Thompson. So he's going to play here and there, spot minutes. He's going to get a lot of DMPs, but he's going to be pivotal of us playing against other bigs. I got grass. Let's go back. I haven't been as excited over a Lakers team since the championship year. And I'm going to go back to what I was stating before, that... Last time Lakers made a big midseason acquisition trade, that was back in 2008. 2008, they acquired one Pau Gasol and only for like Tommy Brown in pieces. And I believe also Mark Gasol, who was a, a prospect they already drafted. They, they promised him to the Memphis Grizzlies. And in doing so, Lakers went straight. They were a mediocre team. They were, I think they were a bubble playoff team. I think they were like the eighth seed at the time. Seventh or eighth. Go check it out. I haven't even looked it up. It's just, just from a memory, from the memory breaks. And they went from that to being one of the best teams in the West, and they proved that by going all the way to the championship, facing the Boston Celtics, who were the only big three in the league. <clears throat> the only big three. This is when big threes weren't something yet. This is what preempted LeBron James to go ahead and make that move down to South Beach. That big three. Because now LeBron couldn't beat them. So Lakers took them to six games. Mind you, Ariza who was one of the best three, um, three and D players in the league. They're starting small forward. Andrew Bynum, who was the second best center in the league behind the one Dwight Howard at that period of time. They were both out and injured. They still took them six. Sound similar? That team won the championship. Fast forward, 2023, 15 years later. Lakers go and they lose in the Western Conference Final, but against the inevitable champions after they made a huge acquisition. The biggest power shift in the NBA. Same thing from before. Can history repeat itself? 
we have to wait and see. Because what history will say is, the next following year, the Lakers win a championship. Now in the Lakers case, because Kobe was still kind of in his prime, they were able to go back again for the third time and win it. I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying at this tender age of LeBron, he has enough depth help. You have a coach who's now going to have a full offseason to implement his theme. You have defensive players at the wing position and now at the center position, backup position. And you have adequate guards. Austin Reeves is going to get better. You have Gabe Vincent, who already has finals experience. You got D'Lo, who now knows what, hopefully knows what it takes to win. But that's the thing. If he, if he falls short in the postseason, you have Gabe Vincent who's going to pick it up. Gabe Vincent plays better in the postseason than he does in the regular season. So I look forward to this team. I'm predicting now, I'll put my money on it right now. I think Lakers are the fourth or fifth highest odds to win the championship. I will put my money on the Lakers right now if I were you. I will do that. History most likely will repeat itself. Denver team doesn't look better. Clippers are in disarray, we don't know. The Phoenix Suns are very top heavy. Memphis, we don't know. The Kings didn't to me didn't get really much better. They stayed pat, but everyone else got a little bit better. They're going to be a good team. They'll be a top four team next season in the West, maybe. Zion may not play most of the season. So what really happened in the West? Kyrie and Luka didn't look too good in, in Dallas, and Dallas didn't really improve their roster too much, in my opinion. So who's going to really contest in the West? Go to State. We have to wait and see. I don't know. They're getting older. They brought back Draymond. They got, we got to see how Paul George mixes with that group. They needed to get bigger. They didn't. But maybe now Moody and Kamiga can be unlocked by Paul, uh, Chris Paul. We have to wait and see. But from I put my money, based upon what we saw the second half of last season and the experience that this team has now, and now this team is actually better, I my money's on the Lakers being a top three seed. In the, in the Western Conference going into next season and then being the best team in the playoffs, I predict now the Lakers win the championship next season and they don't go seven games in any series. I truly believe that. They're going to sweep someone in the first round. The next round, they're going to lose probably one or two games depending on the matchup. It's going to be like that, people. That's how I see it. I don't know about the Eastern Conference right now, but I got the Lakers winning the championship. I don't see anyone beating them. I think the only team that can possibly beat them in the East is two teams as of right now It'll be the Bucks or the Celtics once again. Those teams are battle-tested. They're both into the finals. One of them has won it. That's the only teams I think that can even have a chance of beating them. I don't think the Denver Nuggets can beat them again. I don't see it. Yes, they're going to be better. They're seasoned. But people forget how hard it is to go back-to-back. Jokic is going to be great, but they don't realize how hard it is to go back-to-back. And the simple fact that Coach Malone was not humble, talking a lot of trash, getting drunk, not acting like he's been there before. Not looking like Pat Riley. He's looking like a they looking like a team that's satisfied with what they got. When you have a team that's famished for so long, never knowing what it takes to be a champion, now they're gonna be the hunted. And now they're gonna be getting fat all summer. I'm, I've watched the parade. They were like, we we're here, we came, we slaughtered, we're done. To the stuff that he was saying, making it seem as if it's so easy to just re- repeat. At least, at least, at least when Shaq did it. At least when Pat Riley did it. They did it at at the parade. This man did it at the podium when he was receiving the award. Like it was so easy to get there. Y'all gonna be hunted all year. Y'all gonna be lucky to win 55 games next year. It'll be a good team. But y'all losing Jeff Green and and y'all losing Brown. It's gonna be big. Those are your key role players. 
gonna be big. Let's see what y'all do. Hopefully, Michael Porter Jr. takes that leap. Y'all gonna need him to do so. All right. Before we get out of here, um, there's a few things I saw. I saw some movies. I'm gonna pull them up for you. I saw Spider-Man and Spider-Verse. It was actually it was long, but it was really good. It had a lot of depth to it. Um, it's it's very interesting. That's how I'm gonna leave. It's very interesting. And um, they set you up for a next one. And I, myself, look forward to seeing the next one. The Clever Lane getting dropped. You got counted out. Hold on. Nine. Ten. You're out. All right, all right, all right. I got the, I missed it. I can always pull up on one of these uh, streaming apps that I have. But I also saw Transformers, Rise of the Beast. It was actually surprisingly good. I didn't think it was gonna be good. It had a good story. Had a good story, it was interesting. I don't, actually don't like a lot of Transformers movies, especially the ones that Michael Bay did. Don't like them. But this one was pretty good, and I gotta admit that I, I, I liked it a little bit. So um, those two movies I've seen, there's some more I want to see, but have not seen them yet. Um, haven't really been reading my books too much. Um, I'm really slacking on that. But I've been studying for this course I have to take to get some more certifications, things to advance my career, things that's going to put more money in my pocket, trying to get myself to four streams of income uh, before the year is done. That is my goal, to have four streams of income. Right now, I have two, and I need two more. So pray for me while I go on my journey of getting that. All right. So look forward to next show. Next show, we'll most likely have Tony in the building, hopefully AC as well. We're going to try some new things, and um, we're going to get into some football talks and projections. We're going to get into more NBA talk because we still have a lot of NBA free agency. We just started on uh, Summer League. I plan on going to Summer League. I plan on going to the WNBA All-Star Game all in Vegas. Um, hopefully, I can report from there, give you all some reports on that as well. Um, we look forward to having all that extra additional news. I don't, want, I don't plan on leaving you all too much. We do take a week off. As you can see, we're behind on the birthdays. We've got to catch up on those. We do take a week off or so. We're going to still have the birthdays in there to catch up. And we'll just probably have some specials if we don't have a show next week. But I plan on having one. So let's go ahead and, and um, you know, pray on that. But like I said, I appreciate y'all for listening. Go ahead and make sure you guys subscribe and share it with your friends. And um, I really appreciate y'all for all these now. We're in our fifth season, people. Our fifth season. It's amazing. Can't believe we started from the pandemic back in June. After I already had COVID, we started off the show. The show grew to this. We were we started off interviewing people like Kmart, um, who, who who got me started on his podcast. We talked about how the pandemic's affecting the families. Uh, we we talked about um, what what's really going on in, in the world today. What we look to happen. We we talked about the possibility of there being a bubble, and I predicted where. I said it's either going to be in Orlando or Vegas because the leniency in the state laws and legislature and they had the infrastructure to hold all those players. And I was right. It was in Orlando. I talked about how the Lakers were going to win the championship because they locked the world down. What happened? Um, what they were doing, they just beat Milwaukee, was the best team in the, uh, in the East, and they had just beat the Clippers, who were the second-best team in the West at the time under the Lakers. And I said they beat the two best teams in the league. They're going to win the championship before the world shut down. And I was right. And we talked about so many different things, um, um, how the COVID had affected everyone. And now we're here five, five seasons later. Amazing. We're like on episode 150 or something like that. Something like that. We're right there. I, I got to check. I think it's like 145 or something. So 140 plus episodes in, man. And I couldn't be happier. And that's not including the specials. 
So um, very happy, uh, very proud of what we were able to do. Once again, um, once I get help with this, I'm gonna figure out a way to go video. Um, we're gonna start doing video soon and then still won't, won't you know, miss out on my OGs. We're still gonna have the videos on another platform and then upload them still here on Spotify and Anchor. So, <clears throat> and still have the audios as well. But man, um, and then of course the audios are gonna have, um, you know, all the extra stuff, like, you know, the birthdays and, and, and the final words. And it might, I think the video might have the soapbox. We haven't figured that out yet, but it's gonna have the intros, all that stuff. So all the basic stuff's gonna have, the video's just gonna have the meat, the, 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 all the sports talk and stuff like that for the 40 minutes that we have. That, that's gonna be the, the video and the, the podcast, this verse is gonna have everything else, the other 20 minutes of extra stuff, music and whatnot. So I appreciate y'all for listening. Hope to hear from y'all next week. Y'all been listening to The Time Is Now. Have a great rest of the day, people. We do not have the rights to this music.
All right, let me talk to you. Another week, another soapbox. Um, and it's holiday season. Well, summer season's getting hot outside, sizzling. And I hope you guys all enjoyed your Independence Day, as I put up the air quotes. The independence of this nation back in 1776 when they declared their independence from the United Kingdom and, and Mother Europe and fighting the you know the old Yankee Doodle. We all know the songs Yankee Doodle went to town, Yankee Doodle Dandy. All those things that uh, you know, American pie and all that stuff. Not knowing this land is not even their land smuggled over different people of nationalities from Africa to create and build up this land, killed off the people, moved them to small camps off this land to claim it as their own, to say they discovered it. Then the natives, they called them Indians because of their brash ignorance to believe that they were actually traveling to India, but got lost. So thinking they were in India because they'd never seen actual people of India before, they called the natives Indians. So the country is founded on ignorance. Then their use of weaponry, their advanced technology, taking the 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 Chinese uh, use of gunpowder, how they use them to make decorations of the sky, fireworks. They use it for entertainment. The Anglo's use it for destruction and to advance and to take over nation. Just the fabric of what this great, great country is built off on, you call it Independence Day. It began a nation of ideals, but also a nation that was founded on bigotry and hate. So forgive me if I don't celebrate that day I eat hot dogs all around the year but I actually boycott hot dogs on the 4th that's just me I'm stubborn like that that's just how I am they say ignorance is bliss then it's turmoil for the man who's educated because every time I pick up a book and I read a, a passage or I understand the history I become more and more tainted. And that's probably why they want to not allow certain history to be taught in schools. They want to pretty much eradicate the negatives of the history in this nation. Now, the issue with that is, is that by learning or, or understanding your history, by knowing your history, then you can evolve from it. That's how we can evolve as a nation. This is a very young nation. Only um, less than 300 years old. Other nations around the world are thousands of years old. So that's the grace we need to get. But see, that's the thing, because we should have learned from the, the history of other nations of why this should be more of a upward turn. We should be more advanced than other people but because we're still hindering based on the fact that this history of this nation, they don't want you to know it. You have people today who still didn't know about, they don't understand what Juneteenth is. You have people in this nation even tom hanks admitted that he didn't know about the the massacres down there in um oklahoma city had no clue had no clue about a lot of different massacres you know why because they want to cover it up they literally built lakes over the cities of those they burned down they they bombed 
communities on American soil. That, in essence, is civil war of a, a country that's built on killing itself for the advancement of white supremacy. They hide it from other white people. White people are like, I have no clue because they don't teach you that in schools. That's intentional. It's by design. Now they want to put it in law that, that you are not allowed to teach the true history of this nation. It's not black history. It's not Latino history. It is the American history. But they teach us that if you don't learn from the mistakes of others, you'll not live long enough to correct your own. History is doomed to repeat itself if you do not learn from it. I tell my daughter when you're playing sports, actually you learn more from your losses than you do your wins. Because if you continuously win all the time, you don't know how to correct your errors. You can't know how to perfect yourself. You gotta find the different things that are holding you back. You gotta understand the different things that are making you take those losses so you can perfect yourself. Those are things gonna make you want to change. You see what's wrong and you get better at it. No one should ace every test. So is this all what this is about? Is it just a test? Are we willing to commit to fixing what it is? To correcting the wrongs of the ways of this nation? When they designed the politics to where it's two parties, when it could be so much more, why does it have to be two parties? Why does it be blood and crips, Democrats and Republicans? Why? And then why are we limited to these old white men at all times? People say, get involved in the grassroots. Okay. Why don't we change legislation to where they say you could be, there's a limit of the age or, or the requirement age to become president. You have to be at least 35, but there's no limit to how old you could be. Now you can say it's ages if you want to, but my, when someone has the potential to have Alzheimer's disease, do you want them in, in charge of the greatest country allegedly in the world? Do you want them in charge of any country? Do you want them in charge of your Kmart or any store that you go to? Do you want someone with Alzheimer's disease even running your McDonald's? But you're okay with that person, decrepit person, having a job running the nation, the most important position in our country. I'm tired of seeing our presidents acting senile, not remember what they did the day before, not remember who passed away the year before, falling down steps, falling up steps. I'm tired of seeing that. I want someone who's going to resemble me. When I say resemble me, they don't have to be my complexion, but they have to be my stature. They have to have this energy, this vigor in their voice. They have that strength to be able to pick up a whole other uh, human being. Now, I'm not saying they have to be buffed up. I'm just saying they have to be fit physically, mentally, and spiritually. Is that asking too much? Do they always have to look the same? Does an old white man represent this nation? I don't think so. If you're not hip to what's going on in pop culture, if you're not hip to know what's going on in the future, if you even care about the future and what's happening in our infrastructure, why would you care? Because you're gonna be dead before you know it. I don't have a problem because right now you see these young kids right now in their 20s who are making millions of dollars on social media. They have a right mind for something. They understand what's happening now and what's coming next. I don't have a problem um, having a president, presidential candidate who's 30 years old or 28, 29, because four years in office, by the time they're done, they're in their, they're in their low 30s. Well, if you get in office at 30 and then you by the time you're done, you're 34, it's close to 35. I don't see a problem with that. And if they have multiple terms, so you have someone who's all, who gets sworn into office at 30. They do a term, 34. By the time they're out in their second term, if they have two terms, they'll be 38. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with getting them a little start early? 
surrounding themselves with the right people. It's like they have these young coaches in sports right now, especially in the NBA. I'm going to use that for example. Actually, I could go to the NFL. You have the talk machines and stuff like that in the NFL. You have these young coaches who are innovative minds. People don't have a problem turning over their franchise to a young head coach who makes millions of dollars, make watch more than the president of the United States. They turn it over to someone like him who will surround themselves with veterans or people who've been there before who can coach them, who can advise them. They've done that in different nations over the years. They've had young kings and princes and they had advisory boards who will help them make the right decision. But then the final decision will land on them because there's something about them where they're wise beyond their years. I don't see why we can't do that here. But because this nation was built on the backs of old white men, they want to keep it the same way. Because why relinquish that power? Who's going to be given, who's going to do this in the benefits of the lobbyists and the insurance and the people who make those rules? Who's going to be the person in bed with them? That's what they want. They're just bleeding their own interests. It's all about money at the end of the day. It's not about making the country greater. And like I said before, I still strongly believe this country will be a greater place, make more money if they did the right thing at all times. If you always do what's right by people, you will make more money in my, in my line of work. Back before I started my own company, I remember stating that I did not feel comfortable giving people bad deals because I always felt as if one day they will realize that they did not get the best deal and you would lose them forever. Rather than giving them a fair deal or a knockout deal and make sure they understand it and know that and treat them well, call them just for anniversaries, call them just to see how they're doing, letting them believe that they are not just a number, that they were not just someone who gave you a commission. This was a person that you actually cared about their well-being and they felt it. You remember their, their wives or husbands' names. You remember their children's name. They invite you to their parties. You become part of the family, someone that you could welcome into your home. If you treat them well, you would have their business for life. That all could apply to the United States. Why can't you have someone who is someone who actually cares about its people, cares about their well-being, remembers the names, remembers the faces, remembers the communities they come to? They will have no problem inviting you over to dinner. What I mean by that, invite you over to their state and welcome you with open arms. And they know you have their best interests at heart. So that way, moving forward, they know they can trust you. You have them for life. But right now, our representation around this great world is not that one of someone who cares. As we have military camps in every other city just for checks and balances to make sure that they don't cross us. Why would they cross us if we did what's right by them? When we only do things for our own selfish interests, you create an enemy. And they're all probably colluding, waiting for their chance to pounce. So then what? These are the things I think about. How do we make this country better? Or should we just leave and just say, let them in themselves? I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know, I'm going to continue to give my best all the time until my time is done. Until next time. You can win As long as you keep Your head to the sky Be optimistic mm -hmm. But that's it this week guys Another great week, another great show 
All right, all right. Man, appreciate y'all for listening again and rocking me through this summertime. And we had the July 4th specials. Hope y'all enjoyed it and had a good time. Remember, the music choice this week was Living on a Prayer by um, Bon Jovi. Go ahead and give that some spins with a timeless record. Go ahead and enjoy that. Remember, if you like the show, like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time for our final word. As Yeshua started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do, why do you call me good? Yeshua answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared. All these I have kept since I was a boy. Yeshua looked at him and loved him. One thing you like, he said. Go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Yeshua looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of Yahweh. The disciples were amazed at his word. But Yeshua said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to inherit the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed and said to each other, Who then can be saved? Yeshua looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Mark 10, 17 through 27. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.